Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. And, you know, as usual, I know we always say we have a great show for you, but uh, that's questionable this time around because this next set of comments, it's it's a little hit or miss, especially right from the get-go. But uh, regardless, we got my good friend Aaron back at the helm to join us once again. How are you doing, my friend? I had to take, like, a mental break from Sonic or, like, any sort of Sega-related media after last episode and how much it drained me, like... I don't think I've ever felt that drained from talking about these comics. Like, and, and it, yeah, <laughs> it's like, only going to get more draining. We only did a, we did a marathon. I will admit we did a marathon. That was just because, you know, we were on a break. I wanted to, you know, catch up a little bit, you know, make up for lost time. That was a mistake. I will never do that again because clearly the men, the, the human mind is only meant to handle so much of these comics at once. Yeah. It's it's not good. On that note, uh, let, let's just go right into Sonic number 103. And uh, th- this is going to be a little interesting because the writing, the, 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 the creative team for this issue is uh, some names you haven't heard in a while. Mike Gallagher did the writing. Jim Valentino did the art. Now, I'm going to stress this a lot. These comics have nothing to do with anything that's been going on up to this point. None whatsoever. So, I'm going to save us all some time, and I'm just going to go right fast for them. Yeah, uh, if, 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 if I can interject, I'll be completely honest with you guys. I'm going in a little bit blind on some of these. Uh, I've, I've been a busy boy. But, just to, just to let you know, these two comics, it's just Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel ripoffs. That's it. There's not a lot to talk about. Yeah, basically, like, this is just, like, some alternate zone that Zonic is showing us where, like, the Freedom Fighters lost and then Sonic was yeeted to the edge of space, got fucking, like, brain worked on by some aliens, was yeeted back to Mobius, thousand years pass, now he and, like, the descendants of his old friends who all have, like, weird powers as a result of, like, evolution and when they left Mobius, because, like, the situation is now, like... A uh, Robotnik one, uh, a thousand years of darkness, and now all of these people have like come back to fight back. Kind of, basically, it's like a Freedom Fighters of the Galaxy situation, and the story just ends with like this like ragtag group of like the Sonic, Tails, uh, Sally, Antoine, and Bunny. I think that's all of them. Yeah. Uh, like they find uh, Silver Snively come in. Oh, basically <laughs> threatening <laughs> them and they see it as a harbinger for the his master robo lacticus okay i just want to point out the art of this fucking snively is it is unreal it is unreal bro it is unreal it is unreal it's so bad <laughs> i honestly it is this is one of those it's so bad it's good in my opinion no 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 i agree 
it's it loops around from being so awful that it reaches this point where it's like what like you're in such disbelief that you can't understand it's like the slack jawed shiny snivelly slack jawed it's just the silver snurfer but just like it's snivelly like i don't know what else you want from me it's it's the proportions it's the it's the fuck the fact that his surfboard says bad boy on it <laughs> icing <laughs> like, on the cake icing on the cake it is the icing on the cake bro it's awful oh god okay so are, are we gonna are we gonna talk about down on the freedom fighters i can do it in a sentence okay go so yeah gallagher wrote it men acted the art uh down under Freedom Fighters are like looking for a new recruit. One of their like recruits auditioning got attacked by uh, an Aboriginal myth called the Bunyip. They don't know like where to find it until it attacks them and brings all of them except one of them down into the surface. And now he's just like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, minor note: the very end of this comic, uh, Ken Penders uh, rears his ugly head and says, "Hey." Here's a here's a cute little birthright chart you can make trying to figure out and piece together my family lineage. Haha. And we're gonna it's, we're gonna find like the uh the, the completed version of that in a later comic. I, I just wanna point out, do you think he was self-aware when he made these two pages? Do you think he was self-aware? L- listen, listen, I have to be honest with you. I, I do not think there is a single self-aware bone in that man's body. I think he, this is the most earnest thing he's ever done in his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic number 104. So, Silver Sniffly fights the Freedom Fighters. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Robolacticus shows up. Uh, basically, it just ends with, like, Silver Snively growing to, like, Robolacticus' size and tells him, Hey, this planet's not rich in nutrients. There's another planet full of sharks. Let's go eat that one. That's the end of that story. Epic! And then in story B, they, they, that's where they tell the story of, like, the Bunyip, and then it attacks them. And it's like, what is it? He only, one of them named Guru runs only to find a dam and tries to, like, there's some, like, quips about, like, this character, like, cursing by just saying dam. But meaning like the water dam, like it's not, it's not funny. I also have in my notes, it ends with an uncolored drawing of Sonic done by Ken Penders to encourage kids to quote, make their own version of Sonic. I am now slowly putting blame on Ken Penders for the Sonic OC epidemic. Yes and no. <laughs> it was always going to happen. This is encouragement from an official like Sonic Oh no! Yeah, yeah so, no, like, no. He he is he is he's is, he's is responsible, one hundred percent. Especially with all the echidna OCs. Yeah, no, fuck that. And so, by the way, now since we've gone through that, basically what happened here was, if you're wondering why does this have nothing to do with what's going on in the comics already, it's because that these stories were penned for a super special, but. As we've learned previously, the super special uh, book got canceled after the last one was just like so fucking bad and so fucking lazy. They're just like, no, we can't. We cannot justify selling another book of this. Like we're canceling it. We already have like, but unfortunately, we already have like this story that uh, Mike Gallagher wrote. We already bought it. So just shove it in the main book. Whatever. We need to get rid of it. I mean, I don't have, listen, I don't have a ton to say about this. It's nobody just, does no one nobody does nothing it's, it's happens here it's two throwaway issues like nothing happens we're done here so sonic number 105 uh done by carl bowlers art by ron Lim. so now picking up from where we actually left off the king's guards are in sonic's home they're packing up nate's belongings sonic and uncle chuck assuming he got the bad news that nate is stuck in robotropolis 
Back in Robotropolis, Hope tells uh, Colin about the Robian that she saw. He's refusing to believe that his brother would do such a thing as Eggman walks in basically saying, no, 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 she's right. I would do such a thing. And I did do. <laughs> Eggman it literally is just like, okay, here's my hand. I'm revealing it right fucking now. Then in Robotropolis, Eggman makes a broadcast saying that the Overlanders are suffering from a toxic waste poisoning and they need immediate treatment. Colin asking if this means Eggman's affected too, with Eggman then revealing himself to be roboticized saying, with a single touch from me, you can be just like me, immune. And Colin immediately asks Snively, was he involved with this? And he says like, yeah, I was. And quote, considerate revenge for you not appreciating my intellect. Leaving Colin to punch Eggman in the gut with him being instantly roboticized. Don't know what he was thinking about that moment. He was given the warning up front, but you know what? Heat of the moment, heat of passion. It all happens to the best of us, boys. Now, back in Castle Acorn, uh, Chuck told of Nate possibly being roboticized with Eggman being capable of roboticization with a touch. Sonic's initial thought was to use the Sword of Acorns to restore Nate's free will. Max thinking it's possible, but the only people who can wield it are himself and Sally. Where Sally cuts in quickly, she asks to wield the sword again, Max saying no, and keep in mind, he that's just a strong no, and she drops like the tactical nuke of, if you trusted me in the first place, Elias wouldn't have run away. <laughs> she literally is like, fuck you, you're shitty, you fucked Elias over, Bro, I'm doing my own thing now, I don't care, I gotta get your approval or not, I'm getting that sword, I'm doing my thing. See, see this in my hand? This is the sword. I'm taking it. Goodbye. See you at dinner. Yes, he agrees to the idea in the end as the only stipulation being Sonic guards Sally through the mission. So as they walk out of the castle, Sonic asks if something was wrong as Mina rushes to Sally, thanking her for freeing her mom from Eggman and runs away again. Now in Robotropolis, Hope is running away into the city with Eggman coming onto the monitor saying, if you value your grandmother, come back to be roboticized. Hope does agree to this, but uh, Agnes is roboticized anyway. Shadowbots surround her with Sonic arriving to smash him. Sonic, Sally, and Hope together enter Eggman's control room, leaving Sonic to run around him to saw a hole to drop into the lower floor. Snivney just kicks Sonic in there, leaving Sonic to find all the roboticized overlanders, including Nate. Sally follows and finds all these others, including Agnes and Colin. She uses the sword on them, but it has no effect because the Mobians, as we've mentioned before, when they're roboticized, they can still have their movement. They're just, their minds just are gone. But with Overlanders, they become statues. There's no, when, for whatever reason, that's just what, it, it is what it is. Eggman gloats that it doesn't work for the reasons I just described, but he calls out to Snively. He says that Snively was exposed to the toxins too. He's going to die soon, but... If you roboticize, then you'll live, which Snively says, like, dude, wait, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna become a statue, too, like, my, my, my mind's gonna be done, I can't move, like, I, what, what's wrong with you, I can't do that, to which Eggman says, well, listen, my dear nephew, here, here's the trick about being roboticized as an overlander, you can keep your movement and your free will if you're just willing to be roboticized, and he just puts out his hand Eggman does and then Snively puts her there and then he comes out of it roboticized Snively and he looks disgusting he looks like Pickle Rick I mean that in the nicest way possible 
I don't know. This if there is, is not. This is. This is. This is. Listen, I'm only bringing it up because I saw it, and when I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Like he just. He just looks. He looks like a turd or pickle Rick. That's the only way I can describe. Yeah, it. it's but, just like an angular stick with a nose sticking out. It's just like, well, okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Now, the other Overlanders that are there that are witnessing all this that came to be cured, Sonic says, like, listen, no, don't take this deal. You're going to become slaves to Eggman if you do this. But, like, if you want to stay here, I'm not going to make you leave. And to which Eggman offers a similar thing. Sonic, Sally, and Hope all walk away, and the rest of the Overlanders follow. And Snively is surprised that Eggman would let them all walk away, but Eggman says, quote, it will be entertaining to watch them suffer. That's the end of that story. I guess it's weird when you consider that, you know, I mean, when when he talks about suffer, right? I mean, does it just mean he's just going to be attacking them? Does it mean he's going to be like, no, you know, letting them suffer the, the struggle of human life and being exposed to toxins? Like, like what is, what is, what is the... I mean, there's so much going on in this book. There's just like... Like I mean, the series in general, like it look, could be anything. It really could be anything. I mean, I don't know. I I do. I don't know how I feel about Robo Robotnik's character being kind of reduced in this scenario because I thought his whole mo was like he's just ruthless and he really just does not care and he will literally do whatever. But then by that extent, then like this kind of does seem in character for him because it's just like he's just literally not in the mood to fight back. It's just like well. Fine, whatever. I, I don't. I really don't care. I have no connection to these people. I really don't care. Like I'm roboticized. I'm technically not even from this dimension. Like these aren't my people. I have no connection to them. I, I don't. I don't fucking care. I don't care. That's the end of that story. And story B, unfortunately, also does continue the 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 down under freedom fighters stuff. Basically, the the small and short of it is that one of them can somehow speak the uh, the Bunyip's language. It's just upset that it got polluted by Crockbot. They just release the dam, they destroy it, and that leads like all the rivers to like be restored, including the Bunyip's natural habitat. So they're like, "Hey, thanks, dude. Like, you're, you guys are pretty poggers. Thanks for like restoring my my home." And that's that's it. We're done. Sonic number one hundred six. We're kind of going rapid fire through these, but honestly, like, what do you want me to say? Honestly? Yeah, listen, we have said our spiel. In previous episodes, I could make comments about the art. I could make comments about the writing and the direction. But like, I mean, what it, is there? What what is there really to say? At this it, point? In Mike Gallagher's defense, this is literally his style of writing is not does not match the tone of what these comics have become, and it's not his fault. That's not. This is just what Ken Penders came along and decided to take it in a rapidly different direction. And you know what? Good for him. I think it was the right move, and I think it was the smart choice. Uh, other writers that have followed, or, or like were working at the time when Ken Penders was taking this new direction, saw the writing on the walls and were like, okay, I think I need to make like a little bit more serious stories with a little bit of stakes because this guy is like basically in control now. So I'm just going to play along. Mike Gallagher just doesn't like, this is not his shtick. This is not what he's about. His whole shtick is just Saturday morning cartoons. And you know what? I have no blame for him. I have no fault for that. It is what it is. Sonic number 106, Kara Bowlers, Ron Lim, you know the people. So 
right off the edge of the last story. The Freedom Fighters are taking a group of overlanders to Station Square. Uh, after flying through a cloud and nearly avoiding a crash to the mountainside, Nicole plots a better route for a direct landing. And upon landing after getting hit by an updraft, they're ambushed by paparazzi and welcomed by the president's secretary and the media, with Sonic even saying it was, quote, way past cool to be there. I Okay, so I guess I'll say I do like that they go, that their first thought when they have all these overlanders just vibing is just like, all right, Station Square, that's the only place we know, so. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, they go to a totally not the White House, as I have it written in my notes, to meet the president of Station Square. In fact, even indirect quotes, last time you dealt with the mayor, but things have changed for the better. Now, look, listen, obviously that this was done to adapt to the story of Sonic Adventure 2. Of co- I'm not begrudging it. It is what it is. They had to do what they had to do. They didn't really have to have it be taking place in Station Square, but... Their world, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with this world. So you know what? There, there are worse sins this comic has produced. Yeah, it's it's a fine retcon. I mean, the very least they could have said, yeah, the mayor got it, got pulled into the chief of staff, um, you know, position, and he he has been he's been helping us with with the rebuilding ever since, um, you know, chaos attacked and everything like that. But other than that, I mean, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, they didn't even need to have that kind of line. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. And then we're meeting with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which now we're going to be uh, bringing in real-world situation stuff into this, but... Over dinner, Sally tells the president of the need to relocate 70 families into Station Square to save them from the pollution of Eggman City. One of the chiefs point-blank saying, what can you do for us in return? Okay, now we have to stop for a minute, because I have to give the writers credit. They have perfectly characterized the U.S. as a fucking... Dicona as a, as a as a global powerhouse when there are 70 families who need to be taken in as refugees and the first thing they say is yeah we can make space is what are you going to offer us in return please tell us this enrages sonic saying oh you're just not you're just aren't gonna help because it's the right thing to do which sonic the hedgehog my man you know nothing of the american political system and that's for the better uh, Sally calms Sonic down and just simply pulls out Nicole, shows them all a hologram of Dr. Eggman. This man is responsible for unleashing chaos and shadow onto your city. If you take the refugees, we'll turn over all intelligence we have on Dr. Eggman. Do we have a deal? To which the president says he will sleep on it. And later that night, Sonic is uh, sitting in the dark of uh, his room. They're all like at the White House as honored guests, obviously. He's just strumming his guitar, little upset that the humans won't want to help out solely in good faith. As Tails and Rotor walk in, inviting him to, uh, let, let's have a night on the, let's have a boys night, Sonic. We're going to hit the arcades. What do you say? And then his response being, uh, does St. John stink? Based. So, I, I, all right. So, so off topic question. The boys go to the video arcade. All right. So, so, so what are they playing? What's, what's the, what's the flavor? What's the flavor? It's 2001. Obviously, they're playing the greatest fighting game ever made, King of Fighters 2001. 
Wait, 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 no, 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 KOF 2002 comes out next year, you can't say that. Well, you know, Listen. it's the timing, it's the timing, you know? It's the timing. It's the timing. Did, uh, did MVC2 come out yet? It came out like 1999 or 2000, right? I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> so, so one of them would be 100% fiending MVC2, right? <laughs> one of them would be fiending Time Crisis 2, mm-hmm. and then like... I don't know. I'm trying to think. Oh, and then one of them be playing House of the Dead. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Now we now this begs the question: Who mains who in King of Fighters? It's a really good question. I don't know. I can't. I I am not as familiar with KOF as as other people are. It's I, I'm not I'm not a big SNK head, uh, but I know people who are. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell you. Give me give me some opinions. I want to hear this. Uh, let's see. Uh, Knuckles definitely mains Terry. Hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Sonic, uh, Sonic mains Keo just because of the okay. main character shtick. Okay. Amy, she would main, uh, fucking, the name, uh, the Why? name is, no, Who, who's the girl with, like, psychic powers? That's the one that I'm drawing a blank on her name. Twelve seconds later. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Athena yeah, Asayama. Athena, 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 okay. So, yeah, Amy, Amy, Amy mains Athena Asayama. Who would Tails main? Hmm. Benny Maru. Perfect. We got it. We're got, We're done. Here. All right. We're done. On. We're done. We're done with this bit. We got to keep going with this comic. Okay. So <laughs> we're just padding out time. By the way, in the background, after all this is happening, they see a shadow of a dragon like flying in the distance. Anyway. Yeah. So Sonic chilling. Uh, oh, and. By the way, I just want to point something out. In the art, they're all seeing, like, they're reviewing footage of, like, Sonic fighting threats to Station Square, Chaos, Silver Sonic 2, and Shadow. I just want to point out that Shadow was drawn kind of looking more like Sonic. He has, like, Sonic's silhouette, but his colors are correct. Black and black and red spines and all. The only reason I'm pointing this out is because, like, I don't know. Like, we all, we, we know the story. Like, we know that Shadow was supposed to be, like, you know a look-alike a Sonic. So, like, is this really incorrect design? I'm, I'm, philosophically, is this really incorrect? I'm, at this point, at this point, I really do not care. I just, <laughs> I, at this point, I'm just like, I just, I just sigh, ru- I, I rub, I rub my temples, and I'm just like, I can't, dude, just, just go. Oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, like, saying this to, like, dunk on anybody. I just think it's actually really interesting. I just want to make a bit. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, the president is impressed by Sonic and Comnat, just not a fan of the attitude. The people are just living the Station Square nightlife as they're being attacked by a downpour of fire and scramble. The president sees this, it is what they think it is, and call for Sonic, but already see he's on the scene face-to-face with a dragon. Chinese dragon, by the way, I, I imagine. I mean, listen, why? Like, this just comes out of left field. That, that's good that you're thinking that. That is good. But we're gonna get to that. I promise. Okay. I, I, I have a. I have a. I, I, have a piece I, tr- to say. I trust. I trust. I have a piece I to trust. say. So Sonic's on the ropes, but Sally rushes into the command room with the president as the other Freedom Fighters rush to Sonic's aid. The dragon breathes fire towards Sonic's direction, and he responds by diving underwater. To which that's how the dragon just gives up and leaves. And later, Sonic decides to cut a deal with the president. If we can deal with this dragon, fully accept the refugees, which he accepts. 
And that's the end of that story. And now, we're going to get to uh, the Pender story. One I am very excited for. (laughs) Why are you so excited for this? Because we're going to be introduced to a character which will be very important in Ken Pender's repertoire. So... Oh. <laughs> he saw it. He saw it, boys. Oh. Ken Penders did both the writing and the art. So, the first thing we see, the first three panels, are some fuck. This fucking echidna lady pops into existence like she's the fucking Terminator. Yeah, no, no cap, no cap. <laughs> it's literally Terminator. <laughs> She wanders the empty Echidnopolis and tips off legionnaires from her presence. They report back to Dimitri, who at the same time is talking to Lane Da, and reports that Knuckles left the carrier a while ago and has been on the floating island all this time, pissing him off. He theorizes that Knuckles is trying to reverse the effects of the quantum beam directly on the island, to which we now see him attempting to do. I, I just I just want to point out, too, it's just so funny that Knuckles is just green now. And it's just going to be like this for an extended period of time. No, it's so, it's such a, it's such a thing that, like, I can't get over it. It's so funny. Like, uh- Sega nowadays would not do that with the IEW comics for good reason, because this is ridiculous. But at the same time, like, it's just also so very special. Like, come on. This is the, this is honestly, (laughs) this is like, it's become bad, warped into being good, and warped again into being bad. We're just going on like a 720, (laughs) it's a 720 degree spin. Tony Hawk is taking us for a ride and trying to pull off skateboard tricks. He can't handle it, bro. He can't. I I can't fucking handle it. This girl Echidna continues to aimlessly walk about, thinking that she arrived in the time when the inhabitants were stuck into another zone. The wind continues to pick up, stronger and stronger, and she's clutching to a Lamco, surprised if this is a hurricane. This wind is too strong, and she's flown off. And then she hits herself headfirst onto the ground, but a voice calls for her. And we see it to be Remington offering his help. And this girl recognizes him as the echidna who killed Knuckles. End of Sonic 106. How, how on the edge of your seat are you, Aaron? Tell me. He's taken off his I headphones. Die. He says he wants to die. Yes, excellent. I want to die. I, I, I want to die, man. This is a Ken Th- Pender special. What do you mean? What do you I mean? Just, I, just, I, I just, bro, bro, bro. Bro, I just, I, I just. You've had enough. Just. You had enough. <laughs> no, we have to keep going. This comic will get good. I promise. I promise. When all of this shit is over and we get to like the culmination of all this bullshit, which Ian Flynn does masterfully. Oh my God, we're gonna talk about it for like an hour. Honestly, yeah. Like we're gonna. I have ideas. I've got ideas. Don't you always worry? No, we're when when we cover that, it's gonna have to be like a multi-part thing because I think that we have so much to touch on in regards to it. Okay, but let's let's talk about one hundred seven. Let's talk about one hundred seven. Cara Bowlers wrote the main story, limited the art, and actually, I want to stress out. Uh, this cover is uh, Sonic posing with uh, the Sigma Alpha Two team, like it's a fucking action movie poster. I this is quintessential early 2000s romp i love it i i just i i, can't get I have to i have to tell you i don't know who did the cover art oh wait it was spaz right spaz did the cover art. yeah right? yeah it's got dude i gotta tell you the more i look at spaz's art of modern sonic the more i love the way that he he does the shading for him oh yeah 
It's, it's, he does it in, like, a way that, like, so, like, you know how we've talked about how, like, the way that, like, the writer, the, 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 the pencilers and the, the, the inkers have, like, designed Sonic in, like, these comics within the last couple, within the last, like, 20, 30 issues mm-hmm. has just been abhorrent and as, awful. As usual. As usual. Like, the way Spaz draws Sonic is, like, actually coherent, and it looks perfect for this era. It, it's, it's actually really interesting how, like, Spaz, who is, like, a superhero geared kind of like comic book artist he draws sonic perfectly or at least like 90 99 yeah you know the only the only thing that i really have an issue with is um i think that the shoes are a little little off like not not necessarily like his shoes but like the way that like the shoes and the socks are proportionally to the to the to the more stick like figure legs that he goes with. But like other than that, it's a great design and I love how prominent the quills are and how like I don't know, I just I just think it looks great. Me too. Me too. So, we open on a Sonic and Tails are playing some fighting game on the Dreamcast no Dreamcast. less. Sonic Adventure 2 out now in stores. Well, <laughs> being called to action by Sally to go meet with the president's top military aide, Commander Brass, who suggests that due to the dragon threatening the way of life of the people, it should be dealt with extreme prejudice. He then introduces his unit, Paladin Team Sigma Alpha 2, as backup, a suggestion Sonic laughs at due to him remembering how easy it was to escape from them. And he is like laugh out loud kind of laughing. And Sally, quick on her feet, says, uh, <laughs> it's actually a sign of respect in Mobian culture to laugh at your allies. To which the president buys hook, line, and sinker and says, well, then by all means, go ahead, laugh. The rest of the Freedom Fighters follow with Sally head in her hands in shame. You can you can hear the Seinfeld bass playing in the background. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right, all right. So they get on the, they get on the chopper. They're flying <laughs> to Pyro Island. Sonic is like, see, so... So, so so any of you guys like action movies you know because because this feels like one yeah. for sure no yeah. uh, last last bit i added but, but yeah basically they go to pyro island they jump off the they jump off the the, 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 hel- the, the chop the chopper they right? they're exploring the island two of the the sigma alpha 2 team are being taken by the dragon that they're hunting and uh asked to fan out to search for them sonic saying look whatever we'll find them later but they're like nope we leave no man behind and they just split up as a result. Tails, Bunny, and Sonic leave the humans behind to find a waterfall, to which Tails sees a cave behind it, which he thinks it's a dragon's lair. They cross it. Tails was right, but they end up finding their old friend Dulcie, who's happy to see them after all this time, and she's been living on Pyro Island this whole time. It's, it is, okay, so it is definitely cool to see Dulcie again. This is a character who we haven't seen since issue 78, which is feels like a lifetime ago oh my god um but it's cool to see her again uh i'm i'm always a fan when the smaller characters that had minor roles come back and do things and i think that dulcie was always a weird but cool character so yeah i mean let's throw her into the story Why and not? she was voiced by Cree summers in the cartoon you can't go wrong dulcie was in the cartoons yeah she was one of the grandfathered in characters in sad am mm-hmm. do you not have any memory of this no, I mean, I, I, I'll Oof. be completely honest with you. I haven't watched all of Sad AM. Well, uh, I guess that's just me then. Anyway. But yeah, she was voiced by Kree Summers in the cartoon. 
Anyway, we, that, that was a little <laughs> sidetrack distraction. Anyway, Sonic asks if she knows the dragon who attacked Station Square. And she's like, oh, yeah, uh, that, was, that was my mate, Zan. To which he shows up, fire breath at the ready, yelling at her why she's talking to the enemy. Dulcie says to, to them, the military wants Pyro Island for their testing grounds. They attack first as Bunny sees that Dulcie's arm is in a, in a sling. To which Zan asks, is it wrong to blow off a little steam? Tails asks to talk. Zan saying he has no interest. This is my home. You have no right to be here. Sonic says, look, okay, fair enough. But you attacked here. The military is not going to back down after that. And in that moment, Zan is muzzled by the humans. They try to go after Dulcie in their act of extreme prejudice, prompting Sonic, Tails, and Bunny to protect her. They prepare to fire their guns, but in the matter of a second, they're quickly disassembled by Sonic, saying that, heh, bet basics didn't prepare you for that, huh, boys? Zan frees himself <laughs> from his muzzle. About to roast the humans alive, Sonic stands in the way, with Zan saying, if you don't get out of the way, you will be fried too. Dulcie tries to stop him, leaving him to smack her with his tail, launching her out of the cave and knocking her headfirst into a tree. Zan... Dragon known misogynist. Literally a fucking shitlord. Fuck this guy. Oh no, this is 100% a story of domestic abuse, which we're going to get into that. <sighs> Tails and Bunny uh, go chase after her. Uh, Sonic is fighting Xan in the cave. Tails and Bunny talk with Dulcie. Bunny realizing it was not the humans who hurt Dulcie's arm. Bunny asks, why are you with someone who hurts you? Dulcie says, no, no, it's not like that. Zan loves me, but maybe he hits her because it's her fault. Now we got to have the conversation. Oh, now, why are we having domestic abuse in these comics? Caro Bowlers, what did you do, man? What, what, what made you pop off like this? Listen, you know how we've been talking about the line being crossed, the shark being jumped, etc.? Uh-huh. Listen. We have hit the breaking point. Like, this is it, in my opinion. Right so what, now. this is the line for you? Have we finally crossed the line? We have crossed the line because, look, you can talk about whatever the fuck you want, but, like, why is it domestic abuse? Yeah, that... With the dragons! Dragons. In the Sonic comic! Yeah, we don't need this. I wanna die! Get me out! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wish to be free from this flesh prison. I want Zen. release. <laughs> anyway, uh, y yeah, they fight. Bunny says, you're better than that. You don't need to be with anyone who abuses you. And then, like, explorers go off that uh, Sigma Alpha 2 setup and crush the dragon cave with Sonic and Zan still inside. Sonic's a hedgehog. He burrows his way up, but Zan's crushed to death. This was, like, the matter of two pages. Maybe yeah, less than that. He's, he's fucking dead. The, the, the domestic abuse has been, uh... Been, been pushed over okay so the mission's accomplished the president makes good on his deal with the freedom fighters he'll allow bringing in these overlanders sonic bunny and tails and dulcie are still at the cave in sight being there for dulcie's morning we're done there oh wait i forgot to mention hold on there's also an insert of a connect the dots activity I oh yeah this is, all, this is all we need to talk about okay <laughs> so so speed speed put it up on, put put the whole page yes, the whole page needs to go, go up right now go. yeah okay so i want you to look at tails right now and tell me that's the most not the most jank ass budget 
like bootleg looking version of Miles Tails Power you ever seen in your fucking life. Thank you. Look at that. Look at the comb over. Look at the comb over. Why does he have a comb over? Thank you, Ken Penders. Very cool. I mean, I, the only reason I thought to brought this up because as soon as I saw this image, I, I got like a fucking that's so Raven vision of like, I don't know if anyone's ever like actually bothered to connect the dots, but I remember there's in my memory that picture where someone did do the, the connect the dots and it's just a very, very fucked up looking Robotnik. I don't know, like, if you could find that. Uh, if I can find it, I'll put it back on the green screen. But, like, that's just what popped into my memory the minute I saw it. Comb over tails. Comb over tails is very important, too. <laughs> okay, so, so now... Ken Penders. More Ken Penders, more Ken Penders, more Ken Penders. All right, let's go. Don vested the art. Ken Penders only wrote. So, Lane Daw is shocked that Knuckles actually reversed the effects of the quantum beam. Dimitri says he displayed more power in one act than I ever did as Enerjack, and may be capable of altering Echidna destiny forever and ever. Lane Daw views his power as a threat needs a pawn to do her bidding, and sees this uh, new mysterious echidna girl as a candidate. Remington asks for this girl's name in the meantime and introduces herself as Johnny Ka, thinking that if she says her real name, she'll get into trouble. Laura Lee then calls out to Remington, to which Johnny Ka recognizes her as grandma, but much younger. Ken, you just gave up the game. You just fucking gave it up. Now we see that this is fucking Knuckles' daughter from the future. You just fucking gave it up. What the hell, man? No, I'm sorry, okay? It's it's important. Everyone has to know. It's it's important. I, I guess it fucking it's is. It's important. I guess it fucking is. Important. You have to remember, Knuckles is Christ. His daughter comes from the future to save uh, I can't, bro. So yeah, the Chaotics are back on the island. They ask where the Knuckles is. Uh, the scene shifts to the Brotherhood. They're assessing damage to Haven. They just assume it was the Legion. Sojourner recounts the last memory that they were fighting the Legion at the Grand Conservatory before the blip in their memory. Spectre points out that Matthias and Hawking are no longer with them and senses that they passed on to the next evolution. And this is what they refer to as the afterlife. Way for the fucking echidnas to try to have scientific uh, terminology for, like, spirituality. I love it. Excellent job, Ken Penders. Bravo. I, I just, I, like, do you, do you know what's happening? <laughs> I, I'm going to quote Joel from Vinesus on this one. When, when he saw that Minecraft Steve was being added to Smash. <laughs> I have diarrhea of the brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, the green screen! Oh, again. Man down, man down! He couldn't take Ken Bender's The green screen wants out! <laughs> Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. Sonic Speed. <laughs> Fuck me, okay. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Man down. A few moments later. Okay. Don't move the chair. Do not move the chair. <clears throat> anyway, Ken Penders, am I right, guys? Locke asks if this, like, extra uh, energy that they can feel is Knuckles. Did he also pass to the next evolution? And right then and there, Knuckles gives Locke a vision of himself saying, <laughs> No, Dad, I'm fine, Lamau. <laughs> Father! Father, it is me! Christ! I am alive! <laughs> I, 
I'm fine, Lamau, to which Sokka's like, uh, no. And Saber asks, like, are, are, you, are you fucking all right, buddy? To which Locke says his fears may have turned out for the worst. On the surface, Knuckles meets his family, plus Remington and Johnny Ka. Being surprised of Knuckles uh, being green like that, Remington <laughs> Remington swears that this is, in fact, Guardian Knuckles. And overhead, the Legion ship lands. Remington about to engage in combat. Knuckles says, no, stand down. And he's surprised at the order, saying, well, what the fuck do you mean, stand down? This is the first, like, you would be the first to condemn these people. To which Knuckles says, that was then, and this is now. And Dimitri says that his technocracy wants to rejoin Echidna Society and will do, quote, whatever it takes to achieve that goal. That's the end of uh, 107. Now, we had a lot to happen just last now. Not because of the comic, but because uh, a lot of special things happened with my green screen. <laughs> but that, I felt like that added to the experience. So nevertheless, um, the first thing I want to point out to is uh, Ken Penders being Ken Penders. I, we don't need to touch on that. We understand. Listen, listen, we had, we listen, come... listen we, have, we have hit the point where our descriptions and explanations of all this shit is irrelevant. Like... We're gonna, I mean, like, at this point, we're just, like, here. We're so mentally exhausted from this shit that we're just gonna laugh at it regardless. So, like, it's here. We're, 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 we're hitting the second wind, and thank God. Thank God. But what I really want to talk about is the main story that Carl Bowlers wrote. Um, what the fuck? Domestic abuse in my Sonic the Hedgehog comic? It's more likely than you think. Really than you think? <laughs> because, like, and here's something that I, like... Hmm. Should I? No, I'm gonna wait till the next comic to to play this out because there's something that uh I I want to say. I have some things to say, but I think it's gonna be more appropriate on the next comic, number 108. You guys ready? Okay, so I'm gonna give you guys a little warning. I haven't read 108, 109, 110, so I'm gonna be reacting to these in real fucking time. Perfect. I hope you guys are ready. Perfect. It's gonna be a very interesting experience. All right. All right. So 108, we have uh. A new writer by the name of Benny Lee writing this issue. And I say new in like infinite quotations, which I'll, I'll get to. I'll get to. So uh, this cover is uh, proudly pro proclaiming the return of the original Dr. Robotnik. We have Eggman on the cover. Robotnik do like we're like, this is it. It's over, boys. So Eggman is holding some energy in a machine saying that Due to Knuckles' fuckery with reality, he was able to secure this little residue. And out of the energy comes Robotnik. The original Robotnik original. that was defeated by Sonic in issue 50. Robotnik sees Eggman, basically asks, what the fuck are you supposed to be? And calls the Shadowbots to, quote, arrest this boob. Surprised they're not following his commands. Now, back in Not All, the Freedom Fighters are uh, playing, playing hide-and-go-seek with Tails, having fun. They can't find anyone. But uh, Tails calls out to a bush rattling, thinking it's Sonic, to which Sonic uh, pops up right behind him saying like, no, that's not me. And out of that bush comes uh, Robotnik. And by the way, I need to stress, uh, the more we see Robotnik, he looks like more and more fucked up. I actually kind of like this idea, though. Like, okay, so if you're gonna bring back the original Robotnik, who we thought was completely gone forever. It is perfect to frame him as somebody who has been 
both physically and mentally torn the fuck apart. Oh no, yes, like, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Because this is a very, very clever uh, visual communication. I applaud that 100%. Good job. Yes. They're surprised that uh, Robotnik, the one they defeated once and for all, got a quote, a round trip ticket from the afterlife. Robotnik says that this was the doing of the alternate version of myself, Eggman. He wants to steal my memories and barely managed to escape the Shadowbots. Sonic doesn't really feel sympathetic towards him, but brings him to the King and Queen regardless, and he asks for protection. Alicia is sympathetic. Max wants to agree with Alicia, to which Sonic screams, Hey! Hey! Remember when this dude tried to fucking enslave all of us? Do you remember? Do you remember when he tried to commit a genocide? Do you remember? Because I sure remember. Why are you treating him like this? <laughs> and, and specifically, he says, He could be a robot for all we know. And Alicia says, Yep, solid argument, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, then they bring him to Dr. Quack, does a full physical on him, and says, Yep. This is Dr. Robotnik, full flesh and bud, 100%. A full week passes. Uh, Robotnik has been a guest of the House of Acorn. He uh, breaks the glass of Sonic's room playing golf, cannonballs into a river where the Freedom Fires are relaxing, and the, the truest crime of all, Sonic slips on a banana peel littered by Robotnik. How He cannot keep getting away with it. He can't. He's, he's too powerful. Afterwards, Robotnik tells the king he's ready to face himself in Robotropolis and the Freedom Fighters escort him. In this jet, uh, Robotnik offers a little alliance to, to Sally, saying, Hey, after I reclaim Robotropolis, uh, what do you think? Like, our kingdoms join forces and have a little allyship. What do you say? Sally, Sally just says, like, fucking whatever, buddy. They land on a tower, and the plan is Sonic, Tails, Antoine, and Bunny will be the welcome party, while Sally, Robotnik, Rotor, and Nicole will handle the tech support. They smash Shadowbots left, right, and center, and in the room they're led to, they find a mainframe computer, which kind of looks nothing more like a computer, kind of like a shadow light that glows below them, is being operated by Robotnik now. They enter, have a funny feeling about it, and as the light bathes them, Sonic screams out to whatever is going on. And then Eggman walks in behind them saying, Your molecules are disassembling thanks to this lovely machine that Robotnik brought back. Bunny then asks like, wait, whose insane idea was this anyway? Then the two uh, Robotnik <laughs> and Eggman point to each other. It's, it's a great panel. It's a great panel. They're just like, it was him! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sally calls for Nicole. She disables the machine. Uh, Robotnik's surprised that they managed to burn it out. And Sonic says, I never believed your story from the beginning, Robotnik. We're just gonna, we've just fried this machine. That was our mission. Uh, we're done here. Goodbye. They divulge into a fist fight. Uh, Snively tries to interject as the Freedom Fighters calmly walk away. Sonic says, like, don't worry about anything. Because uh, Dr. Quack decided to hold an important detail from Robotnik. His molecules are unstable and he physically will not last much longer. And in the middle of this fist fight... He disappears. Molecules are just gone. Eggman saying, I hate that hedgehog. Clap. I'm clapping because he said the line. He said the line. Okay. So I just, okay. Okay. Well, so we got to talk whoa, about whoa, this, whoa, right? Whoa. I, I want to talk because I have some words. Okay. Okay. Now this okay. new writer that we've discussed about, Benny Lee. Um, how do I put it delicately? Uh, this isn't a new writer. This is, uh, Kara Bowler's taking on a new persona. Specifically what happened here, the story goes, as revealed in uh, in Ken Pender's forums, 
He said that Benny Lee and Carl Bowlers were the same person. Allegedly, the reason being that the fans and some like uh, critical reception to the stories that he's written sus- thus far were like way too grim dark. And I think a perfect example was the last two stories he cover uh, he made previously on account of it being uh, you know domestic abuse, and sick abuse. Like, and, <laughs> and so, like, I can imagine the fan response to this would be like, "Hey, um, uh, what the fuck? This is not. Why are you? What is this?" Why are you making me see this? I don't like this at all. Again, as the story goes, Carl Bowlers took on this, like, Benny Lee persona for various reasons, assumedly. One of which being that this was to directly get back at one specific reviewer who really did not like his writing. So he created this new persona to write more, like, not as serious, more goofy-ish, kind of in line, tone-wise, with, uh the older uh, first 25 issues of the comic that were a little bit more slapstick and say, and then like once this uh, alleged uh, supposed reviewer come out and say, oh, this new guy, this guy's good. I like this guy much better than Carl Bowlers. And then rip off the shirt, dramatic reveal. It was me all along. It was me, Austin. But... Kono Dioda, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. But like, honestly, that's just a, I don't think it would go like that if that was the case. Ultimately, what could have happened was Carl Bowlers just kind of wanted a fresh start. Maybe he was tired of all the negative criticism he was getting over his stories. And this is like, you know what? This isn't my shtick. I was just hired to do a job. I'm doing what I know. So I'm just going to like start fresh. I'm going to start from scratch. I'll still collect my checks. But you know what? Whatever. I'm going to live my life. And this is going to remain for a while. Like the Benny Lee persona, it's going to remain for a good while. Yeah. And actually, we are going to have some stories that were credited to Cara Bowlers directly. Why Cara Bowlers will now have two-thirds of the billing of this book, I don't know. Don't know how that happened, but could be worse. All right. I have to talk about, I have to talk about this story. So I, I read it while you were going through all of that, right? All I'm going to say is... This upcoming story. You could no cap play the fucking... Alright, Speed, you've watched Naruto, right? Of course. Okay, so you know the sad music that plays when they're in the flashback? Don't. That's literally all I fucking hear when I'm reading this shit. It's the same level of like, what's going on? Can, can, okay, so how, how quickly do you get copyrighted if you put that in? Uh, I'm tempted. I'll, I'll see where my heart is at when I'm editing this. But uh, oh, oh. I'm just now. I just I have the swing stuck in my head, bro. I can't get it out. The swing. <laughs> uh, that swing had more screen time than ten ten. Anyway. <laughs> Yo, you're not wrong. No fucking cap. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Carl Bowlers uh, wrote this, credited uh, properly. So Axer did the art. So. In short, Sally is telling us uh, reading a letter that Sally got from one of the Overlander refugees, Hope Kentobor. She says that despite the fact that she's a relative of Eggman and that she's an Overlander, she still feels like really happy that she is being treated so kindly. I know I would have to leave with the other Overlanders to Station Square, but I don't want to. These people are so nice to me and I've never felt this kind of kindness in my life. Can I please stay here if it's possible? And King Max, and I think, like, the first and only, like, heartfelt moment he's had is, like, you know what, Sally? 
why don't we grant a little girl's wish today? Hope overhears this, rushes into the castle, gives Sally a big old hug. She's staying in uh, not whole for real. Okay, so there's a couple things I got to talk about with this story. All right. I don't know what it is about this segment in particular, but the art is on point. Characters look good. They still look a little too anime for my taste but it's definitely like the way that it was done it looks very 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 good there's a particular um there's a particular panel uh where hope is describing how she felt when she first saw sonic and it's this very exaggerated more like wild version of sonic and it's it's really really cool and i like the art right i think that the character models look great i think it's all this stuff okay second thing hope Hope is a character that is actually kind of okay because her arc goes on for a long time. And it's not the kind of arc where it's like insufferable. No. Hope interacts with specific characters. There's one in particular who, who is very, very, very important. We will get to that, which is I, I do, as much as I hate Penders, I do like what happens between Hope and that character and how it fundamentally changes her and him right so it's interesting it's unique it's different and i think that hope is a cool character within this lore and i'm glad that like they really recognize that as like they wanted to get a child's perspective which i'm cool with mm -hmm. i i, it feels I like more it. in line it feels more in line with what you would expect from a sonic comic right it's almost like sonic x done good but we can we we can we can we can we can talk about that another day <laughs> true so uh story c uh ken penders wrote don best did the art so laura lee is pissed upon learning that knuckles sided with the legion to which knuckles uh responds with it's not like the mitres were innocent either playing the both sides thing knuckles very cool very epic love it very epic knuckles is like look okay i know they tried to do a genocide and turn our race into a bunch of cybernetic freaks but like what if they what if they have really cool opinions, bro? He, <laughs> Knuckles what? Knuckles is like Knuckles is in the alt right pipeline right oh, now. No. I just want to point that out. Oh, this no. is this is this is the pipeline that most like internet nerds go through, okay? Oh, he's no. in the alt right pipeline. Next he's gonna start asking questions about um various uh echidna ethnicities <laughs> and you know we go over there. No <laughs> I'm just saying, man, that's the alt right pipeline. That's where Knuckles is fear ken penders what have you done like we've like we have implied previously knuckles just wants to hear him out pissing off laura lee even further because he represents a dangerous threat to my children to which knuckles says what do you mean i'm an only child laura c says not fucking anymore bucko i'm pregnant <laughs> bitch i got a baby in here we soul touched knuckles says his immediate response is just like slack jawed uh you sure yeah she's fucking sure knuckles knuckles says uh that's not something that hey that's not something I, that i thought about sorry to which Lee says yeah that's not the only thing you didn't give thought to now meanwhile dimitri is pleading to the council for talks of reunification dimitri debating him wondering if the two societies can reunite after all this time after all dimitri is a disgusting mesh of blood and metal Quote, Aurora herself did not mean for Echidnas to enhance themselves with metal. Now, I, I, I also want to pre uh, pose this question. Uh, glasses are also not natural. Should we not have glasses? You know? I don't know. It's a weird take. 
Listen, the the echidna the echidna conservative society and the uh, hyper nationalistic Dimitri uh, Dark Brotherhood are at a at war. Meanwhile, Knuckles is the uh, Knuckles is trying to be the bridge between the both of them, and nobody likes it. I mean, I mean, okay. Like, Which, I mean, I look, look li- let's <laughs> let's be let's be fair here. That's a good dynamic. I do like where this story can go. We have two societies who are both wrong. Knuckles is just like trying to find some common ground for the sake of like bringing people back together. Yes, it's been like thousands of years. I I I don't know. I do think I'm. I feel a little hooked. I do th- like where the story might the, go. It is it is definitely more interesting because it's actually things happening, right? Like we have. It feels like okay. All right, I'm I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna vomit a little in my mouth. I'm gonna have to <laughs> praise <laughs> Ken Penders for this because at least he's trying to make some sort of internal conflict feel necessary. Mm-hmm. A society has been split for so long that something has to be done. The plot cannot move forward with a back and forth and revelations and this and that. It has to come to this at some point, right? Right. So him trying to move the story forward and really force some sort of resolution or even deeper conflict makes sense. At least in my mind. So I'm fine with this. I think I think it's it's much it's better than what we had before with him, but Yeah, I still that isn't. Ken Penders is making his way. No no hate. No hate here. So meanwhile, uh Johnny Ka is stalking Knuckles and follows him into the High Council building and finds him talking to Lane Da, the one person mom refuses to talk to. Knuckles enters to make a case for Dimitri, saying, Listen, the first steps are going to be difficult, but we need to begin the healing process, and that means we have to take a chance. Which, very good dialogue. I think that's a very, I think that's the best argument that can be made here. Good job. Meanwhile, Johnny Ka rushes in, tries to get into a room, but is blocked by a cop, and she pushes in to find Remington screaming, you betrayed us for the last time, and fires his weapon. Johnny Ka screaming, she's too late. That's the end of uh, 108. I don't got a lot to say about the, the back half of that. I mean, it's just whatever. Okay, 109. We got, we got one, this and one other, and we're done. But I don't like the cover to 109. It really does look like it was photoshopped together. Before we head into uh, Sonic number 109, uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the RG Sonic Digest. Reddit Big Chungus Wholesome 100 Goddamn Based Reddit Kino. And we're back. Hi. Without wasting any time, we've we have we've had enough. Sonic number 109. Benny Lee wrote it, and uh, Ron Lim did the art. We open with the uh, Freedom Fighters. Their submarine is being entangled by a roboticized sea snake, but it's not that big of a deal. Sonic steps back to uh, see Rotor upset over he couldn't help his family from fixing their hypnosis that Robotnik put on them. Sonic suggested to use the Sword of Acorns. It worked for the Robians, so maybe it could work here. So then we flash back to Castle Acorn. Sally takes the sword with it speaking to her, saying it knew Sally would come back. She's taken aback by the voice, but it seems like no one else heard it, so they move along. Back in the sub, 
the Freedom Fighters follow along this oil pipeline that seems to go on forever as Eggman finds them and sicks that roboticized sea snake onto their sub. It electrocutes the ship as Rotor ejects everyone out into sea pods to the surface and land onto the frozen tundra, causing Sonic to engage in a fight with Eggman's shadowbots. This distraction's going on, Sally preps the herd in the background to be sane again as Rotor sets off a detonation for the oil rig. It goes off, all's well that ends well, the, the uh, herd has their like minds back. Rotor introduces the Freedom Fighters to his mother and his younger brother, and his mom invites the team over for dinner. Very done. Very cute. Good job. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, it was I mean, we, don't have, we really don't have much to say. It was just, I, Rotor, 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 they, they tie up the Rotor plot line in a nice, neat little bow, and that's it. Now we move on. And before we move on, though, we now see the insert of the complete Knuckles family tree. I, I just want to point out, like, look, look at this fucking thing. Right? Like, look at it. There is just... There is so much for it. There are so many characters here that, like... Ken Pender is like... This, this man really has it in him that he needs to tell everything. Can't leave anything up to chance. No mystery. Just put everything on the table. Which, I'm not gonna lie. I respect that. I do respect that. I just wonder, is it necessary? And the answer is no. I want to point something out here. Look on, like... What is it? The left side or the right side of the page? The left. It's like where Julie Sue fucking says, don't forget the blank spaces are characters we've yet to introduce. That's not what I was pointing to. That's not what I meant. Uh, so, Dark Legion, right? They're, they're, they're brothers. Uh, Dimitri and Edmund are. They're brothers. So, the entire lineage of the Dark Brotherhood is like a twisted reflection of the... Uh, the Brotherhood of Guardians. What I'm trying to get at here is that, like, Julie Sue is in Knuckles' family tree. They're distant cousins. That's not Ken Pendleton's fault, though. He didn't really think about it like that. It, it was a genuine mistake. I'm not trying to, like, come for him like that. It's It was a mistake. It was a, it was a boo-boo. Wait, 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 wait. So they're technically related by blood. Yep. Oh, he fucked up really hard, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he fucked up. And yes, I'm I'm stressing this. This was not on purpose. This was not on. I'm really trying not to get sued. Okay, this was not on purpose. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't look. Okay, I mean, Ken Penders is a fucking weirdo, but I don't think he would intentionally fuck this up. No, 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 no. It, it was a genuine. It was a boo boo on Ken Penders' part. It happens to the best of us, folks. This is really short. This next story by Cara Bowlers and art by Axel. I legit have a sentence for it. Mina tries to chase after Sonic and is, tr is stopped by Sally. She admits she has a crush on Sonic and is trying to like figure him out personally and ask Sally. The best slash worst person you could ask a question to about this. And she basically just ends with Sonic's a complicated guy. But at the end of the day, he does care. And Mina's satisfied with that answer, so she runs off. That's the end of that story. Who cares? Story, the, the, the last story, Ken Penders wrote it. Don Best Art. So, Johnny Caw did actually stop the blast. But someone else actually shot Knuckles. So that's fucked. Someone, I also love the fact that it's like visible that Knuckles gets motherfucking shot in the face. Like, like no cap. Like, you see he literally it. pulls out the gun and just hits him with the all right, goodbye, bam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god. Uh, hey, 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 I just want to point out 
the guy shooting the gun is you, and then I'm Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the beam has the caption of Sonic Comics on it. <laughs> Sonic Comics. <laughs> oh fuck! I may have to. That's probably going to be uh, the. That's, that's, the, that's the edit. That's that's the thumbnail. That's the fucking thumbnail. <laughs> so uh, she runs off. She's apologizing to Remington, kind of. So he runs off as well. Lane Daw investigates. There's no sign of a wound or a pulse. Double weird. Dimitri feels something for the first time in a long time, I assume. He says, oh wow, Knuckles saved him from the blast. And Dimitri feels responsible as one of his boys who was the one that pulled the trigger. And then a counselor walks and says, well, I, I think this is an excellent time, boys, to... Let, let's establish a committee for building bridges. Not sure if this is the time for it, seeing as Knuckles got fucking owned, but all right, Ken Penders. <laughs> He's dead. They're literally We're having this conversation. They're having this conversation over his dead body. I'm sorry. The counselor admits that the reason why Dimitri's methods were rejected at the time was because his tech was just way too advanced. If we had time to study of it, then maybe we could have done something with you. Lane Daw walks back thinking that if someone realizes that that was her hired gun, then she'll be in trouble. So Johnny Kaw walks past Julie Sue thinking of her mother, but also notices Lane Daw, and one of her hired guns are about to take out Julie Sue, something for which she intervenes in successfully. And in the heat of the moment, she's coming down from that and with tears in her eye, realizes it might have actually been she was destined to save her mother, not her father. And then that's where the uh, the Terminator time warp thing happens again and is pulled back into her time, her screaming, no, I don't want to go. I'm not ready to go. Inside, <laughs> Julie Sue runs to see Knuckles alive and turns out he... <laughs> He's he just... He's just alive. He just walks in, just like, "Hey, boys, how's this hanging? What's what's on? Who's winning on the game today?" And then they're all like, "Dude, what the fuck? We saw you get shot, shot dead. What the fuck?" And he says, "Oh, I just played dead in order to build trust between the two groups, and also to expose of the traitor in the Dark Legion." Some uh, a phrase that uh, Dimitri does not take lightly. But then we have a time skip to Johnny Cause future. And she runs back to her mother, revealing her name as Laura Sue. Laura Sue is uh, dangerously, dangerously close to Mary Sue. And you know what? Like, listen, look, look, look. Listen, listen, li okay, look, 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 L look. I just wanted to say that, like, if Ken Penders had, like, a modicum of irony and self-awareness, he would have named this character Mary Sue, and I would have respected that. That's some fucking... Look, we talked about Chris Chan in the last last episode. This is some Tails Gets Trolled laserbot level of self-awareness he could have done, but no. Oh, well. I just wanna I just I just wanna point out that Linda is the, really the only reason that bad things are happening. Yeah. Like this is something that is very consistent throughout most of the story when after Linda gets introduced. She is literally the reason why everything falls apart. Like no cap. Like mm -hmm. fuck Linda. Like she is she is the worst. Nobody likes Linda. I do I listen. 
If you simp for Linda, I hope I wish death upon your house. You and the next seven of your gen generations are cursed from this point forward. Yes, I curse you would die. <laughs> Here's my iron tome for you. <laughs> uh, her mom admits that uh, Knuckles was never actually killed. He just went berserk upon absorbing too much chaos energy and is now leading the Dark Legion himself to conquer the planet and is now old enough to join the fight against him. That's the end of 109. Whew. Okay, 110, 110, and uh, I just want to point out, it's called War Games, uh, not so subtle title reference. I want to point something out here, uh, War Games, is that what I, describe the cover for me, if you would. Uh, it's Sonic being targeted, there's pictures of Snively, uh, Eggman, the Station Square president, uh, Sally, Tails, and uh, you know, some uh, fucking missiles. Of course. Okay, so that we're not there yet. That's going to be later on, but I, ha I have a note. I'll leave you that as your bated breath. So, so we turn the page, you know, get the little intro, and, and you know, we get the, 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 little, the, little cute, the little cute artwork with Sonic and Tails, and then, and, then, and then this text box pops up on screen. What does a talking blue hedgehog, a two-tailed fox, and five nuclear-armed missiles have in common? Well, what five nuclear-armed missiles! We open. Uncle Chuck wakes up Sonic and Tails in the middle of the night. They've been summoned to the castle ASAP and rushed there half asleep. In the castle, Sally tells Sonic and Tails about a message that she got from the president of Station Square. Their defense system, after loading information about Eggman into it, it switched its systems from defensive to offensive, and it sees Eggman as a threat to be eliminated and set to launch a nuke to Robotropolis. This is the matter of, like, two fucking pages. The stakes are already at the fucking ceiling. We, we went from zero to a hundred in two pages. Sonic Tails wake up. What? Nukes! <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> a hell of a thing to wake up to. Sally says the nukes were already launched and can't be stopped. So Sonic and Tails rush to Robotropolis and scream out to him to offer a truce and warn him about the nukes. Eggman's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What fucking nukes? Right then and there, the alarm in Robotropolis goes off. Eggman sees them on his radar and Sonic suggests Eggman use his satellites to shoot down the missiles. But Eggman says like, why the fuck would I do that? I have a barrier system. So he simply says, Put the barriers around Robotropolis. Sonic and Tails rush out to break the barriers down to force Eggman to use his satellites. Wait, the line, when they get there, right? So he's like, hurry, Snively, after them, before they reach the controls. And then Sonic in, obviously, this is, this is only funny in hindsight. He says, trolls? We're not trolls, actually. <laughs> Ironic that there's a comic named Tails Gets Trolled. Ironic. Ironic. Very, very ironic. Really makes you think. If you if Really you makes you think, bro. Uh, they find this command center as Eggman chases them there. Tails quickly rewrote the command lines and escape. Missiles are coming into the city hot and rush up a building. They vault over the missiles one by one. And right as they enter its perimeter, Tails activates the barrier as the nukes touch ground. They go off contained inside this barrier. They, it contains the explosion and the nuclear fallout. Number one, based. Number two, based. 
base. <laughs> unironically, unironically kind of base. Hey, we have nukes heading for us. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to blow up uh, Mobotropolis, and we're going to contain the nuke in the force field. And then, looking back, Tails sees the clouds and figures... Well, uh, there's our old home gone in flames and nuclear destruction. We can never live in Robotropolis again, huh? As Sonic says, well, don't worry about it, Tails. Knothole's our new home now. And that's the end of that story. And very quickly, story B, uh, written by Carl Bowlers. Axel did the art. So, Sally appears to her parents, sort of acorns in hand, possessed by the source of all, saying there's a disturbance in it. Max is surprised but figured that this would happen. Sally rejected the source of all way back when, but it hasn't rejected her. We then move to see Sally's consciousness is in some kind of liminal space. The shape of the sword is talking to Sally and tells her Sonic and Tails succeeded in their mission, but in the process, the source of all was evaporated by the nuclear fallout and the remnants, all of the remnants of the source of all are now contained within the sword and the crown of acorns. And then the sword starts to be, begins to give Sally some visions, the present first of what happened with Sonic and the past when the sword saved Sally's life. And now the future where she sees her and Sonic being attacked by ninjas. Sally is screaming out. I don't want to see visions of the future. Stop showing me this. But the sword is insisting she doesn't have a choice. In reality, Alicia shakes Sally's body to snap her back into consciousness and she groggily wakes up. Her mom doesn't understand what's going on. But Sally says, Mom, I think this is my destiny. That's the end of Sonic number 110. That's the end of all the comics we've got for you. Aaron, what have we learned today? Uh, domestic abuse, bad. Uh, you can get shot with a gun in the head and uh, not die. Uh, you can get possessed by a sword. And uh, blowing up a city with a force field around it uh, and having the nukes drop inside is kind of based. But other than that, I mean, I really don't have a lot to say about these comics. Most of them were just kind of throwaway. Uh, didn't really advance the plot forward. Um, little things happened here or there, but like... Really, this episode just talked more about a uh, behind-the-scenes drama of these comics, which is also fun. I mean, Carl Bowlers, what possessed you to just, like, create a new, like, persona to write under? I, I understand if it was, like, weird criticism. Because here's what I'm thinking. When I first learned and when I was doing my research, I was thinking, why would you do that? Because if it was Ken Penders, he would just, like, look at this critique straight in the eye says... Fuck you. You don't know anything. This is building up to something fucking massive. Shut the fuck up. Double, triple, quadruple down. Meanwhile, Carl Bowlers is just sort of like, I don't like this. I don't like doing this. I'm just doing what I know. I'm just doing what I fucking know, okay? Why are you asking me so much? And then he creates a new persona for himself to ride under and creates like, not really... There's, like, something going on. There is plot happening, but it's very, like, minute, Saturday morning cartoon-esque. Whatever. And, yeah, that's it. <sighs> Green Knuckles is funny, though. We have to agree to Green, that. Green Knuckles is one of the worst decisions I think Ken Penders has made. It's so bad in her. It's like, fuck. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Fuck the shit, man. I had, like, a mental... I, I had another mental breakdown this episode. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Thank you for having me on. I love you. And we love having you on. This is hilarious content.
Yes, this is primo, primo content. And on that note, uh, we'll see you next time for another episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. We might have some lighter stuff to touch on, you know, more of this. Not a lot of things going on moving forward, but the reason why you're here is because you want to hear what the fuck Ken Penders is doing, and that's what we're here to deliver on for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See you then.